Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Um, If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Colossians chapter 2. While you're turning there, let me address the elephant in the room or the lack of an elephant in the room. The pastor is at NAYC, so please keep him and his family in your prayers. We're expecting a great report and to come back energized and ready to go to hit the ground running and to bring us the power and the anointing that they feel there and just to bring that right back on into Calvary. Amen. Amen. Also, um, I don't have a bow tie. I've had several people comment that they don't know who I am because I don't have a bow tie. Uh, I was specifically asked not to wear a bow tie tonight for the lapel mic. So the sacrifices that we make for the house of God. Colossians chapter 2. Amen. Colossians chapter two. It is so good to be here tonight. I am honored and humbled to be here today and to talk to you about the greatness of Jesus Christ, to talk to you about the greatness of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter two. We're going to start with verse six. We're going to go down to verse 10. If you have it, say amen. Amen. That sounds like the majority of you. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted And built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete... In him, which is the head of all principality and power. Amen. We're going to continue our series tonight talking about the oneness of God. And tonight we're going to talk about the fact that Jesus is God. Oh, I said Jesus is God. Oh, let's let's put down our Bibles and let's clap our hands unto the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Amen. So we understand from the book of Colossians that Paul wanted to give an understanding to the church about the importance of the name of Jesus Christ. He he said to the church, he said, beware. What does that mean? That means take heed, be cautious, be aware that these things might try to creep into the church. These things might try to creep in to your thinking. What things? Philosophy, vain deceit, tradition, and worldly principles. Can I tell you, all of these things want to pull us away from Jesus Christ. The philosophy of the world is that man is his own God. 
The philosophy of the world is there is no God and we have no higher authority. The vain deceit of the world is that there is no consequences for our actions or there is no higher power above us. The traditions of the world would tell us we've been going this way for all of these thousands of years and God hasn't come back yet. And so there is no God. And the worldly principles would try to draw us into sin, would try to draw us away from the things of God. But I've come with the same message that Paul had for the church all those years ago. Beware of philosophy. Beware of vain deceit. Beware of tradition. Beware of worldly principles. All these things want to pull you away from Jesus. But we understand and we grasp hold of the fact that Jesus alone is the fullness of Almighty God. Jesus alone is the fullness of Almighty God. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that in the world that we live today, the name of Jesus has been denigrated all the way down to a curse word? They don't do that with other religions, do they? You don't hear someone cursed by saying Muhammad. You don't hear someone cursed by saying Buddha. You don't hear someone cursed by saying Hare Krishna. Why? Because the world knows there's no power in those names. There's no authority behind any of those things. There's nothing that's going to change a life, that's going to transform a situation. So they've tried to convince society and they've tried to convince the world. Don't say the name of Jesus. It's a curse word, but I've come to reverse the curse and to say Jesus is the fullness of almighty God. He and he alone has all power. He and he alone is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's look at what the old Testament says. I'd like to you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter three. It'll be on the screen, but the book of Exodus chapter three tells us in verse four, this is Moses and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see God, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Verse five of Exodus three. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from thy feet for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. He was afraid to look upon God. So we have this story in the Old Testament of Moses walking along in the desert and he sees a bush burning and the bush is not consumed. I've seen some fires in my life, but I've never seen a fire that just continued on. And Moses said, this is a pretty cool thing. I'm going to turn aside and I'm going to look at this bush that's burning, but doesn't get burned up. And so when God saw him turn aside, God speaks to him out of the midst of that bush. He says, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. He is establishing the fact to Moses that he is Jehovah God, that he is the Jehovah God. And the Bible says that Moses hid his face afraid to look upon God. So if we look at that passage of scripture, we can definitively say Moses had an encounter with God in the Old Testament, right? Moses had an encounter with God. But do you know that Moses also had an encounter with Jesus Christ? 
If we go to the book of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 1, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto him, or appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. So we have Moses from the Old Testament who definitively had an experience with Jehovah God. And Jesus takes his disciples up onto this mountain and there he begins his transfiguration. The Bible says that his raiment, his clothes began to glow brightly. I've worn some neon colors in my life, but I don't know that I've ever worn something that like glowed. Maybe in the dark, I'm not sure. But Jesus is up there on the mountain and the Bible says that Moses appeared with Jesus. Moses and Elijah, Elijah appeared with Jesus. Now, notice what's not in there. Moses doesn't say to the disciples, hey, I know the voice of God and the person I'm speaking with, he's not God. Because Moses had heard the voice of God. When he heard the voice of Jesus, it was that same voice echoing. And Moses said, I'm talking with God. I'm talking with God right here. And so when the disciples were there, he didn't say, no, wait a minute. This is just a secondary. This is just a part of God. But he, he, in, in his mind and in the mind of those disciples, it came back to them. This is the same God that Moses saw in the burning bush. This is the same God, Jehovah, that talked to him all those years ago. And here's Moses declaring again, Jehovah is God because I'm talking with Jesus. Jehovah is God because I'm talking with Jesus. You know, you can even go a step further if you go into the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses chose the people of God over Egypt. But then in the next verse, it said Moses chose Christ over Egypt. If Moses chose God and Moses chose Christ, that tells me that Jesus Christ was the God of Moses. That means that Jesus Christ was Jehovah God of the Old Testament. You can go and you can look at example after example and you will find that Jesus is Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's talk about that Jesus is the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, a very familiar passage of scripture to us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now we know this verse is directly talking about the Messiah, right? We know that this verse in the Old Testament is directly talking about the Messiah. How do we know that? Because it's quoted all the time at Christmas. It is quoted all the time at Christmas. In fact, there's a whole musical, Handel's Messiah, in which they sing this verse many, many times over and over and over 
again. So we know that it is directly talking about the Messiah and it's quoted at Christmas time because Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, right? I understand there's presents and there's wrapping and there's trees, but the, the fundamental thing is that we are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And this verse directly refers to Jesus. And what does it say about him? It says his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the Prince of Peace. When you look at Jesus Christ, you see the mighty God. When you look at Jesus Christ, you see the everlasting Father. He's not a part of God. He's not secondary to God. Jesus is the Messiah in human form. Jesus is God. Come on, somebody lift up the name of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We can continue on in the Old Testament and talk about how Jesus is the Emmanuel. From the Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord shall, himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We understand that that virgin conception refers to Mary and it refers to the birth of Jesus and his name will be Emmanuel. What does that mean? That means his name will be the same as Emmanuel. That when you say the name of this one that's coming, it's going to be the same as saying Emmanuel. And then you go into Matthew chapter one and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Oh, I'm so glad that we have the Emmanuel in Jesus Christ. We don't have a piece of God. We don't have a part of God. We've got the fullness of God in the name of Jesus Christ. When you say the name of Jesus, you call down the God of heaven. When you say the name of Jesus, you call God down into your situation. The one that hung the stars in place. The one that was the God of the Old Testament. The one that did all of the amazing things back there. It it's the same God, Emmanuel, God with us. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's continue on here into the New Testament. Jesus fulfilled some Old Testament prophecies. Now, I've got a favorite one. I'm the one preaching, so I get to, or teaching, whatever we're doing. I'm the one doing it, so I get to go with my favorite one. Isaiah chapter 6. Or Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort 
all that mourn. So here's the prophet Isaiah, and he's making a prophecy about one who's going to come. He's making a prophecy about one who's going to come. And what's he going to do? He's going to do all of these things. He's going to do all of these things. And then we come to the book of Luke. We come to the book of Luke. Jesus in Luke chapter four, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. This is where he was raised. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Can I, can I do a preacher pause? Jesus went to church. Jesus went to church. And not only did Jesus go to church, Jesus was involved in church. He was the one that stood up to read. So the preacher's pause is, come to church and get involved. If you want to be like Jesus. All right, let's move on. Verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and Jesus sat down. And it was one of those moments. I, I, Pastor Carson always says he wishes he could be there. This is one of those moments where I wish I could have been there. Jesus sits down. And the Bible tells us in the next verse that every eye was fastened on him. What does that mean? Everybody's looking at him, like staring at him. You've just read this powerful passage, and now you've just sat down. Verse 21. And he began to say unto them, this day. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He looked at all those people that were looking at him saying, what are you doing quoting this Old Testament prophet? What are you doing pulling from this part of the Bible? And he looked at every single one of them and he said what they wrote about all those hundreds of years ago. You're seeing it right now. You're seeing it today. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. If we were to put it into modern terminology, it was a mic drop moment. Jesus just dropped the mic. That's it right there. I have just spoken, and that is the final word. This day, it is fulfilled. He was telling them, I am the Messiah. I am Jehovah God. Do you know that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh? The Bible tells us that specifically. First Timothy chapter 3. And verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery. Oh, some people are quoting it with me. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The Bible specifically says these words, God was manifest in the flesh, not a part of God, not a piece of God, not just one third of God. No, all of God was manifest in the flesh. Who was manifest in the flesh? Jesus was manifest in the flesh. Jesus was the one that came to us. Jesus is God. Woo. 
Jesus is the only one that was manifest. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians and let's take it a little further. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Verse 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. When you look at the face of Jesus, you are seeing the glory of the Almighty. Jesus alone is God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The apostle Paul said it in verse four. He said, the God of this world hath blinded their minds, right? He's taken it into their heads. He's taken it out of their knowledge. He's taken it out of their understanding. He's yanked it from them that they are blind to the truth that Jesus alone is the almighty God. But we understand today, we apostolic Pentecostal people who hold fast to the name of Jesus Christ, we understand the importance of that name. We understand the power of the name. The world might be blinded. The world might not understand worldly principles, philosophy, philosophy, vain deceit, traditions of men and worldly principles, all of those things. They may not understand the power, but I know when I breathe the name of Jesus and he comes in the room, oh, it's a life-changing experience. It's a powerful moment. It's an amazing thing just to breathe the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It is the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image. We also understand that Christ, when Jesus went touched a blind, the voice of the same God that spoke the world into existence, Jesus alone. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Salvation, Titus chapter two and verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The great God, our Savior, is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus alone. That's why we can go to the book of Acts, chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I 
I said, there's no other name for salvation. There's no other name that can save us. There's no other name that can remit our sins. There's no other name that can pull us out of sin and iniquity and bondage. There's no other name that can break the chain of addiction. There's no other name that can come into a situation. There's no other name that can pull people out of worldly depths and bring them into marvelous life. Jesus is the only name for salvation. Come on, let's lift him up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's why baptism in Jesus' name is so very, very important. We can't let go of that. We can't lose that truth. Oh, the world might lose it. Other denominations might go their own way. But as for me and my house, as for Calvary, we're going to hold fast. We're going to hold fast to the name of Jesus Christ. It's the only name that saves us. How many's glad of that today? How many's experienced the saving power of the name of Jesus Christ? Do you remember that day when you went down in a watery grave? Do you remember that day when you went in with your sin and your transgressions and your iniquities and all the things that you've done in your life, but somebody said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. And you came up and all of that was washed away. All of that was gone. The past was cleaned away. And now you were a new creation and a new creation in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the only name for salvation. That's why we hold fast to the name. That's why it's so important that we hold fast to the name. We can't lose that. We've got to teach it to the next generation. We've got to teach it to our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren down through time until Jesus returns. Let the name of Jesus be spoken over everyone that's baptized. Let the name of Jesus be called over everyone that seeks him. Let the name of Jesus resonate and ring through our, through our hearts, through our minds, through our souls. Let it be everything to us. The name, the name, the name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus is the one on the throne. Jesus is the one on the throne. Revelation chapter four, verse two John says, and immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one, one, one sat on the throne. John, in the Isle of Patmos, caught up into the spirit, caught up into a vision and he looks up into heaven. And what does he see? He sees a singular throne, a singular throne for all of creation, a singular throne for all of power, for everything that's ever been or ever will be a singular throne of royalty, of majesty, of commandment, a singular throne. And he looks at it and he says, there's one sitting 
There's only one sitting on the throne. And then we go to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If Jesus has all power, Jesus is the one who's reigning. If there was any other power, if there was any other principality, if there was any other thing that had the ability to, they would have the right to sit on that throne. But the Bible tells us Jesus and Jesus alone has all power. So that throne belongs to the one and only God. That throne belongs to the Almighty of the Old Testament and the New Testament. That throne belongs to the name above every name. That throne belongs to Jesus Christ. That throne belongs to Jesus Christ. Do you know how we know that? Because Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and even the things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee is going to bow to the one on the throne of things in heaven and things in the earth, and even the devil and all of his evil minions, they're all gonna bow to the one on the throne. Every tongue is going to confess. What does that mean? That means every voice is gonna be lifted in a singular chant, whether they believe it now or not. At that moment, everyone is going to know of a surety there's one on the throne and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. We look at that throne all the way coming in heaven, but we know who sits on the throne right now. We know who reigns. We know who's above it all. We know who's through it all. And we know who's in you all. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. God Almighty has come in. God Almighty is sitting on the throne. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you're still not convinced, we can go to Revelation chapter 22. We can go to Revelation 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Oh, there's just one throne. There's just one throne, and the Bible tells us specifically, it's the throne of God, the throne of the Lamb. <laughs> the throne of God, the throne of the Lamb. We're going to see his face. 
We're going to know his name. Oh, when we come over, when we cross over and we get into the next realm and we stand before the throne, there's not going to be any doubt in our mind. We're not going to be in wonderment. We're not going to be in disillusion, but we're going to know we're seeing the face of God when we look in the face of Jesus Christ. We're seeing the face of the Almighty when we look at the face of Jesus Christ. When we stand around the throne, when we cast our crowns before him. Oh, it's going to be Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Lift it up to the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. We've experienced him for ourselves. There have been moments in my life, moments in your life when we needed Jesus and all we had to do was speak his name. All we had to do was speak his name. And when you spoke the name of Jesus, you ushered in the presence of the almighty God, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. The same Jesus who gave that prophecy and fulfilled that prophecy from the book of Isaiah and all of the countless things that we look at through the scriptures where he fed the 5,000, where all of the people received their healing. That same God, when we speak the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, it's such a powerful thing to have in our hearts. It's such a powerful thing to have in our mindset. It's such a powerful thing. Do you know why the world is in the mess that it's in? Do you know it's not, it has nothing to do with gangs. It has nothing to do with violence. It has nothing to do with immorality and all these other things. What the world needs is they need that last book of the Bible. They need the revelation of Jesus Christ. They need the revelation of Jesus Christ. They need to have an understanding that when you speak the name of Jesus, you have just called on the one who can save your soul, who can break every chain, who can destroy every bondage, who can tear down every stronghold, who can reach into any situation at any time and do the miraculous and do the impossible. I've heard story after story of people caught in situations where they didn't know what to do. They didn't understand what was happening. And they didn't really even have time for a full prayer. All they had time to do was just speak the name. I've been there where my mind was so wrapped up in, in turmoil, where I had all kinds of things that were happening in my life, that were happening in my home, that were happening around me, people that were doing me wrong. But I was in this place where I didn't know what to pray and I didn't know how to reach out. And all I could do was just speak the name. And when you speak the name, you are speaking the name of God Almighty. And what you have just done is you have called God into your situation. You have called God into the midst of your problem. You have called God into exactly what you're facing. And there is no problem. There is no circumstance. There is no situation. There is no trial, no trouble, no tribulation. That is too hard for Almighty God. When we talk about Jesus... Being the one on the throne, Jesus rules everything. Jesus rules everything. It said that, remember, it said things in heaven, things in earth, 
and things under the earth, no matter what you're facing in this life, whether it's a, whether it's a, a financial problem, whether it's a physical problem, whether it's a mental problem, an emotional problem, even a spiritual attack. When you speak the name of Jesus, you have just called in the almighty God to your situation. And the Bible tells us specifically, he has all power. So there's nothing that can come against us. There's no, every weapon that's formed against us is not going to prosper. Everything that comes against the church, Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, even the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that I have founded on my name that I have put in place on my name when we stand on the name of Jesus we stand on a firm foundation we stand on a solid rock we stand with an assurance that we know that we know that we know in whom we have believed and he is able yea more than able to meet every circumstance to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even think that means he's beyond even our wildest imagination Imagination. That's what happens when you say the name of Jesus Christ. If you'd stand with me tonight. Ooh, I feel. I feel it. Do you know why we feel the presence of God? Because we're calling on his name. Because we're calling on his name. When we stand in his presence... When we draw nigh unto him, the Bible says that he draws nigh unto us. When we speak his name, when we call out to him, we know, we know that he will come. In fact, he promised us, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my Name, there am I in the midst of them. You know, you could even transliterate that verse a little bit. You could say, there I am in the midst of them. The I am of the Old Testament that comes into your situation. Jehovah God that did all those things in the Old Testament has just stepped in when you breathe the name of Jesus. When you look at all of the things in the Bible, they're there as an admonition for us, yes, but they're there to let us know who we have and who we believe in. They're there to let us know what we have in our lives. We don't hold fast to some faith that won't work. We don't hold fast to something professed a long time ago that died out. No, we hold fast to the true and living God. We hold fast to the one who has all power and we know when we speak his name there's nothing that's impossible there's nothing that's beyond him there's nothing that's too hard for him it doesn't matter what we're facing in our life it doesn't matter what our circumstance is it doesn't matter what our situation is when we breathe that name that is above every name because Jesus is God It's the same God of the Old Testament. It's the same God of the New Testament. It's the same God of salvation. It's the same God, the one on the throne. 
you speak the name, when you speak the name of Jesus Christ. I feel his presence here right now. Oh, maybe it would be good just right now. Oh, his presence is here because we've been calling on his name. Oh, Lord Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Jesus is God. Jesus is God and I'm calling on God because I'm calling on Jesus. I got needs. I got situations. I got circumstances. I got things that I'm facing, things that I don't understand, but I'm holding fast to the one thing that I have. I'm holding fast to a firm foundation. I'm holding fast to the name that is above every name. I'm holding fast to the name, the only name that saves us. I'm holding fast to the only name that delivers. I'm holding fast to the only one that has all power. I'm holding fast to the only one who can meet my situation, who can deliver me, who can change me, who can transform me, who can do exceedingly and abundantly. I'm holding fast to that name. I may not have a lot in this life. I may not have a lot of things that I've got, but I've got one thing and one thing is the most important. I've got the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the name of Jesus echo in our hearts. Let the name of Jesus echo in our lives. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up in our homes. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up on our workplace. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up in our schools. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up in our community. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up on every campus. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up everywhere because he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Lift up the name. Lift up the name. The name that is above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. We hold fast to that truth. We hold fast to that revelation that's been delivered to us. And so when you're in your situation, when you're in your circumstance and you don't know what else to do, you just call on the name of Jesus and you have called on God Almighty and you have called on God Almighty. I hope this has been a blessing to you tonight. I felt his presence here. Oh, one more time. Let's just lift him up. One more time. Let's just praise him today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are. Thank you because you're great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name.